Hello, hello, hello. This is Jamie Rapati, the owner of Devoted Columbus and Devoted Pros. We are bringing you a new podcast, The Devoted Wedding Pro Show, geared towards wedding professionals. We're gathering each month to chat about different topics in hopes of strengthening our industry. This is a very laid-back format, almost clubhouse style, where any wedding pros can join us each month and either listen or contribute. So sit back and enjoy the next 30 to 45 minutes, and let's come together as a team for our engaged couples. here again this month with another educational topic and today is how to prepare for a a successful wedding day and I have some new people with me today so we'll just kind of go around and if you wanted to introduce yourself and give us your name and company that would be great and then we'll get started on our topic today so Dave why don't you go first I'm Dave Kurtz with DNM DJ Entertainment Awesome. How about you, Michelle? I'm Michelle Ritchie with Devoted to Details, and I'm a wedding planner. Awesome. And Emily. I'm Emily Holland with Ryan Holland Photography. Excellent. So we're covering the categories of DJ and entertainment and wedding planning and photography today. So at least that we've got those those uh, vendors covered. And so for you guys, what are some of the things that you guys do to prepare for your wedding day to, I guess, have like the best possible day and make it streamlined, easy, successful? Give me some ideas, thoughts, and tips. One thing I do as a wedding planner is I call all of my vendors and have a conversation about our different timelines because everybody has a different timeline um, and so or an idea of how the day should go so one of the major things that I do a couple of weeks prior is introduce myself and we go over the timeline and tweak things and um, it's never my timeline never just trumps everybody else's it's definitely more of a conversation with everybody to make sure we're on the same page when do you find is the best time to make that phone call to the vendors? I do it about two to three weeks prior, depending on when I need, when I need some information. I find that, um, that that's the sweet spot since all the decisions are made and clients kind of winding down. So. Mm-hmm. Perfect. What are your, any other thoughts on that? Do you guys make phone calls too? If you don't have a wedding planner, Dave or Emily, do you guys make calls? Emily, you want to go first? Um, I do ask them about other vendors. And most specifically, I'm interested in if they are hiring a videographer. um, And also if their videographer is going to be requesting private time with the couple, um, you know, that may be taking place during the time that I'm expecting to do photography. Sometimes a videographer likes to pull the couple away and do interviews or some additional things. Um, So I just want to make sure that I'm able to account for that when I'm looking at how much time we have for all of the photos that they want. And then of course, if they have a wedding planner, usually a wedding planner would reach out to me, but occasionally, um, especially if it's somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience planning weddings, they may not, you know, sometimes they hire a friend, um, they may not be contacting me and I would definitely reach out to them 
and ask for the timeline just to make sure that my expectation matches what what they were expecting, just like Michelle said. Um, and I will ask them to send to me what their reception timeline looks like. And usually that's a couple weeks or so before the wedding. And they've typically had their meeting with the DJ at that point. And I'll just go by what, whatever the DJ has planned. Um, but that way I know what to expect during the reception. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. How about phone calls for you, Dave? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, what I find is um, I'll, I'll go through my stage so you can kind of see how I kind of run through this. What is going on here? Okay. Um, so my stage process goes like this. So the initial say, I'm your DJ kind of thing, and I'll get, get, get together with you three months out. At that three month out mark, we come up with some sort of a timeline idea, but I always tell them ahead of time, find out what you, what you, what's going to affect this. And let's talk about how it's going to change between the time we meet versus your final with either a wedding planner or with a venue, depending on what it is. Obviously, when it's finalized at that point, we've already we already have some idea because they talk to their photographer. Oh, we're going to do a sunset photo, or we're going to do this, that, and the other. Basically, anything that affects the actual from start to finish, and so that the day of, you know, you show up and you're ready to rock and roll. I also send an email about three weeks out, reminding them to get all their music and people together at least two weeks out, because at that point you know, that's when music and people come into play. Cause I've had, we've all had the best man or maid of honor get fired and somebody else has taken their place or maybe their first dance song has changed and so forth. Um, I do think it's really important also that with like with the videographer idea uh, is to make sure that they know how to hook into my system instead of just showing up and making the assumption. Cause not all rigs, not all DJ rigs are able to do that. So, you know, there's a lot of other little prep things that I do personally, but I think the reaching out to the different vendors and different people that affect all this, especially when it comes to our whole focus of what the day is as a team, you know, I can't tell you how often that a, a photographer, their, their mind will be blown that I'm handing them a timeline. It's like, this is my timeline. This is what I, what I got the yours to keep. And I mean, when Emily and I were first worked together, she was like, wow, this is cool. You know, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't matter if my timeline is off. What matters is the fact that we're, you know, at that point was, oh yeah, this is what I have, or this is what we're going to do. But yeah, that prep work has definitely uh, makes it less stress kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I know as venues too, if you're on the venue side of things, the venues do call all of the vendors as well, just to make sure they know arrival times and, and you know, what everybody's role is as well. Um, but the week before, I, I like to um, just call the week before and find out what changes might have been made. Cause we all know these couples tend to make changes at the last minute. And actually we try so hard to say, you know, no more changes two weeks out. And that doesn't really happen. We know that. So 
So that week before is, is definitely for us a really good check-in um, that Monday before what's changed. And we kind of just say, hey, now that we have what's changed, we then let all of the vendors know because we know these couples are not telling all of the vendors all of the changes. So we're like, just tell us, we'll let everybody else know. So that week before, as far as a phone call is kind of important just because we do know they make, I mean, they'll make changes up until the day before and it's, then we will find those out on the day of, but there's less of them, you know, less of the changes that happen on the day of prior to the week before. So um, yeah, those are great for phone calls. What are some other things then um, that you guys do to prepare for a successful day? So I have a checklist um, and a couple of the things that are on my checklist are, I'm going to the store, I'm buying water, little mini waters, or um, or I'll come to the office and get waters, or I'll get um, snacks for the bridal party, because you don't want anybody passing out on you. But something I recently started doing was buying some snacks and water, or just little treats for my vendors. So that's on my list to prepare for. I just find that it's just a, it's a nice little thing to do for vendors appreciation. And then, um, and then I'm printing everything and I'm communicating to my staff. So that's one thing I do that, that week of, I'm, I print off that to-do sheet, I'm checking things off, I'm printing everything, communicating with my staff just so that we're all on the same page internally as well. Excellent. How about you, Dave? Well, what I do, obviously, in my, my, my situation, it's all about making sure I've got everything I need to make the day great, you know, double checking that um, all my notes um, at the bottom of my timelines, you know, if, how many microphones do I need, you know, are we inside or outside for a ceremony, things of that nature, and then also making sure all my music is filed and I've got everything they've asked for, um, and then I mean, being an organized, meticulous person that I am, I automatically have my equipment all set up and ready to go. So I grab and go and we're off and running. Um, you know, the less stress, the better. You know, it, you know, you get that you give yourself that two hour pre setup time and just make sure you've done all the extra things and then make sure I get extra copies of stuff and so forth. Yeah. And I follow a similar kind of process and just kind of double checking everything equipment wise, um, especially during the busy wedding season, you know, making sure that every piece came back with me from the previous wedding. Um, so I don't find out on the wedding day that something is missing. Um, so checking all that stuff in advance, cleaning and prepping equipment. Um, if I'm hiring a second shooter, then I need to make sure that second shooter is in the loop about um, everything with the couple. So I'll send them um, the information and typically have a meeting with them as well. Um, and then of course, printing, uh, like you both have said, physical copies of things. You can't have too many backups because things find a way of, of blowing away or wandering off with someone else. Um, so physical copies of things and just being, you know, for, for my role as a photographer, trying to become familiar or memorize as much as possible the key family members' names and the key bridal party names. Um, obviously, if they have 20 people in their bridal party, it's it's tricky, but um, but as much as possible, trying to become familiar with, uh, with all of the names and relationships. Um, and if there's any special 
situations to be aware of, um, especially when it comes to posing family members next to each other or not next to each other. Um, and, and just kind of covering all of those details in the last week or two leading up to the wedding. Um, those are probably the big things to prepare. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Those are great. Yeah, I was starting to think of some of these things. And for me, before I go into to make, you know, sleep, of course, I tell everybody, including couples, get a good night's sleep right before the wedding, right? Um, including me, I probably have to take some kind of sleeping pill so I'm not anxious, but sleep. And then um, I bring several pairs of shoes on the wedding day. I'm kind of weird about that. And, and some of my assistants are like, why do you have four pairs of black shoes? <laughs> like, because my, you know, you're on your feet for a long period of time. And even though one shoe is very comfortable, it's not comfortable after several hours. So I changed my shoes. Um, I do bring snacks for myself or, you know, for vendors so that we're not dying of hunger whenever we are fed or aren't fed. Um, and what else? I, oh, a charger, very important to make sure we remember chargers because our phones, you know, have all of our information and materials on them. Confirming staff, like Michelle said, and what we're wearing. And um, especially for some of these outdoor weddings and barn weddings, I pack bug spray because they love me and they eat me up. So um, I always have bug spray with me. But as a planner too, we have that 911 kit or emergency kit that we have to check and restock and make sure everything's good. And a lot of that kit sometimes if there's not a planner, that stuff falls on a, um, on a venue and venues kind of pulled a lot of that stuff. And I'm sure other venue vendors um, also have their own little emergency kits that they need for themselves. Um, I'm not sure, Dave or Emily, do you have kind of emergency kits of things and backups that you guys bring? I'll just say I've got a ton of cable and I've got <laughs> extra batteries and it's, it's, I mean, it's no joke. I mean, I get extra printer cables because that's what you use for our DJ consoles and all that. Um, I've learned to bring adapters because there will be a videographer that will show up with one type of cord and we got to plug them into my system somehow. So I've got that kind of that safety catch there. Um, with the, uh, venue, the all-inclusive venues, we always try to bring an extra pair of powered speakers because if the power, the, their system goes out, we got something way to get it done. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people look at my equipment and say it's overkill, but you may say it's overkill, but if my equipment fails, it's going to be underkill kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why I got two laptops set up with two controllers. I mean, it looks big, it looks cool, but the reality is, is a laptop can fry just like anything else. Oh, yeah. It's not like CDs or records anymore. We're dealing everything on hard drives and everything else. So yeah, just having all that extra stuff. Yeah. That's good. On the photography side, we are usually there when everybody's getting ready. So most of our emergency needs, if you will, will be things like safety pins, bobby pins, um, band-aids, things of that nature, um, especially if there's not a planner or if the planner is not, um, if it's like a day of coordinator who's not there for the getting ready portion, um, then we're kind of sometimes the only vendor um, around. So having some of those extra little things is helpful so they don't have to dig around or if somebody forgot things, little pairs of scissors, stuff like that. So you bring that stuff? Uh, yeah, 
Oh, that's yeah, great. Hand warmers for, you know, outdoor photos or sanitizer, of course, in the days of COVID, like we've always got that stocked, um, you know, extra pens, just little things like that. Obviously, I can't lug around a full emergency kit the same way that a, a planner would, but those are probably the most frequently requested items. And so it's helpful, um, especially because sometimes we're on a lot of a, a time crunch um, during the getting ready. If, if things have run behind, if people have arrived late. Um, so anytime that they don't have to spend searching around can be really helpful. Yeah. Also a nice hanger to hang the dress on. Um, because sometimes it's on that ugly <laughs> plastic oh, yeah. hanger with the bag and all of that. Um, so sometimes the venue or hotel will have some nice wooden hangers for use, but otherwise, um, if the bride doesn't have a personalized hanger, um, we try to just have one in the trunk of the car that we can um, bring in for some nice dress shots um, real quickly. Yeah. And I'm sure your couples are very impressed by that, not being a planner you know, that you have all of those items. I think that's great. I really do. If they realize, you know, it's so crazy. I don't I, think they always know where things came from, but that's okay. You know, know. It helps, it helps everybody out if, if we're all prepared and, you know, can lend a hand wherever we can. Yeah. And that's, we were talking a couple or I don't know if it was last month or the month before about like just being team players and helping each other out. And that, the goal of the day is all about, you know, it's the couple's day and however we make it perfect for them, as long as we pull together as a team, that's the most important part. So yeah, that's great. Anything I was missing on, on items, Michelle, that I, to bring that we can think of? <laughs> Gosh, I, I feel like we just bring the whole house. <laughs> um, like you, you never know what you're going to need. Um, but yeah, I, you have to remember your personal items too. Like you said, with the shoes, I, I think sometimes we forget about ourselves and our own comfort, like a sweater or, you know, the shoes or your water bottle or something or food. So that's super important to remember to do. You've got to do some self-care because it's a long day. It's a really long day for you. So yeah, that's great. So on the side of, um, maybe things that we, you know, Dave mentioned, maybe some things that we can tell the couple, you know, how they can prepare for, you know, this would just be clues or, you know, some things for us to be able to remind the couples of, um, to make sure that their day is successful. What are some things that you guys remind your couples of? Do not, and I repeat, do not get wasted at your rehearsal dinner. I, I joke around with every single one of my clients at their rehearsal and I'm like, Hey, like you, you've got to get lots of water. You shouldn't drink too much. And we, we have a big old laugh about it. And no kidding at my last wedding, I said this, I looked straight at every individual and of all the people, the mother of the bride got wasted and she was, I mean, she missed photos the next day. She felt terrible. Um, and uh, we, we joked about it because I was like, what did I tell you? And she's like, I know, but that's a big thing that I always like to like to remind people because it can ruin your whole day, that whole next day being hungover like that. <laughs> totally agree. I couldn't agree more. And that's why I also tell them get sleep. I know they, they don't, but if they can get some sleep 
get sleep. What about you, David? Well, I always tell my brides and grooms to be selfish when it comes time to eat. Don't worry about greeting with your guests. You're going to do that. We're going to get that done. Take the time. Enjoy your food. You know, I tell them that I've got, I do have like a laundry list of things like during the, uh, during my meetings. One of the things that also pops up is always letting the bride know, make sure you got a bustle team, make sure they know how your dress is bustled. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know, and I can say this for a fact that the dresses nowadays are any which way. And if you go to get fitted, you're thinking the bride's thinking, oh, well, I'll get fitted. I'll know how to bustle. Yeah, but you're wearing the dress, you know, get, and, you know, we've all seen the bustle take 45 minutes before to an hour because people couldn't figure out how to do it. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, I always tell, make sure that you've got a good solid photo list with your photographer, be, be organized. It's not a race, so let's not stress out. Don't all of a sudden say, oh, wait, I'm not sure who we need pictures with. Get your shot list together because that keeps it going too, you know, just stuff like that. Um, is it my place to tell them this? You know what? I think it is if you get more than one people reminding them, you know. I mean, I never thought about the, uh, Michelle, like what you said about getting drunk the night before, but that makes perfect sense. I mean... I think the other thing too is um, reminding the couple it's not a race and just saying, you know what, there's only two hard times of wedding, just I'm straight up. You know, you gotta, you know, when you're gonna get married, you know what time you're gonna eat. Everything else is movable. You know, if you decide you don't wanna throw up, okay, nobody's gonna say no to you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's but. just, they just need to enjoy the day. And I do tell them it goes by so fast. I mean, it really, it, it does. It goes by for them. It's, it's like over and all this planning they've done, you know, year of planning and it's gone. <laughs> it's over. So to just slow down, you're right. And just enjoy every minute of it and not worry. Let it, let your vendors do their jobs now and, um, you know, enjoy it. But it does, it goes by so fast. Um, and the other thing for pictures, you remind me something with pictures, Emily might have mentioned this, but um, they, we don't know who everybody is, but to have a family member be in charge of finding those people for the pictures, um, just something to remind them of, because that can take a long time too, depending on the family size. Um, that is, that's one of the things that I think derails a wedding timeline more than anything else is key family members leaving the ceremony area and like maybe leaving the church and driving to the reception or just leaving the area, going to cocktail hour to socialize and you can't get them back. So that's a big thing that we talk about in the preparation process um, and communicate throughout and do the reminders, send reminder emails, tell them at the rehearsal you know, tell them in advance, remind them at the rehearsal, remind them that morning. You can't tell family members too many times that they're going to be needed for photos. Um, and I'm sure, Michelle, you've seen this um, become a, a problem. And then, of course, for you, Dave, on the DJ side of things, you can't get the party started until, you know, photos are done. And I really don't like to run late with that at all. So, lots and lots of reminders. The other thing with um, photos and prep with the couple is just making sure that their flowers will arrive 
before they begin any of their photos, especially if they're having a first look or doing photos early in the day. Um, sometimes that's something, a detail that they don't think about and they think as long as they're there before the ceremony, that's okay. But you really want everybody to have their flowers before the formal um, pictures or first look begins. Yeah, I have to, I catch that on 90, 90, 95% of my weddings where the flowers are being delivered after they start their photos. So that is such a big, a big call out. The other thing to your point, Emily, the big thing that we, I run in with timelines is they provided a shot list, but they never updated it. They never, they never considered all of the family members, they didn't have the family, they didn't speak to their parents about who they needed to include. So they're grabbing people and it's virtually impossible. And then um, as a planner, I'm a bad guy because I'm like, dinner is in like 10 minutes. Like we don't have a choice, shut it down. We're gonna have to figure something else out with the photos. Um, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm very, I think wedding planners in general are very anal about their time we have flexibility, but we're, we're anal. We're like, as long as we can get to dinner, I don't care what you do. <laughs> just, we got to get to dinner. So um, yeah, it's, it's very plus it, it's frustrating. And I think the more education we can do with our clients about that up front, just like you said, the better everything will, will flow. Yeah. And as you're working with couples ahead of time, I, I think sometimes they get caught up in, um, online lists or, or what other people have told them they need to do. And they end up having so many family formal combinations. And, and that's, that's when it starts to become really a time suck. I mean, ultimately, and people are missing and they're repetitive combinations and you're getting close to dinner time. And I think one of the things that we should be doing as an industry is kind of re reframing that part of their day. It's honestly the least fun part of the day for the couple, you know, they're standing there smiling. They're not getting to socialize. They're not visiting. They're mm -hmm. not eating or drinking. They're not dancing. They're not really doing much um, besides just standing there and having different people come up with them. So I, I try to frame it for them. Like these are those formal family portraits that are meant for somebody to print and hang on their wall. If nobody's going to hang it on the wall, couldn't you just do, you know, do a larger group combination? If you're never going to hang a photo without your nieces and nephew, then just do the one combination that has your nieces and nephews. And that can help speed up the list and, and get them to dinner sooner and get them, you know, not standing there for, for as long and not having to get through so many combinations. Yeah. And I think it's hard because there's so many lists online yeah. and people feel obligated to do every combination. Um, but like one of you had mentioned in talking to the parents, it's like, yeah, talk to, talk to your parents. What do they want? What do you want? And how can you do it in the least number of combinations, you know, yeah. realistically to still have everything everybody wants, but without standing there for 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing that I thought of as you were talking is as an industry, we need to get better about talking about tradition versus what they want. Um, you know, I'm constantly asked, well, what? what's normal? What's normal? And, you know, a few years ago or, you know, 10 years ago, we always talk, well, this is normal. This is traditional. And I think that has changed. And we have to say, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want from this? We can, there are endless possibilities. You tell me what you want and we can, we can come up with a plan to maximize what, what your ideas are. So to your point about what's, okay, so you want 
to appease your parents. You want to get these, you know, 30 people in this photo. Well, what's the best way to do that without sucking the fun out of your day? Um, I think that's just such an important thing for us to to think. We got to think outside the box and not just think about traditional, traditional, traditional. And we've got to teach them that it's not just traditional tradition. So I've got a couple photo timeline questions to pick your brains about. Okay. How much time should be budgeted for sunset photos? Because I always hear, oh, it's only going to take five minutes and a half hour later. <laughs> so. so I think there's a couple of factors involved. Um, how long is it going to take the couple to physically get from the dance floor to the location for the sunset photos? Um, for example, um, at Nationwide, one venue is right next to a beautiful sunset view, literally one step outside the door and you can see it. One of their other venue spaces, you really kind of have to walk a, a little bit further before you can see all the bright colors. Um, and so even at one, even at one particular facility, if there's multiple event spaces, it may take longer or not as long. Once you're actually out there shooting, um, you know, I think 10 minutes is plenty. But if people are, if photographers are bringing any lighting, there may be a, a little bit of additional time to set up lighting. Same thing with night shots. Um, you know, some venues lend really nicely to, to some night shots. And again, it's how much time is it going to take to get downstairs and back if there's lighting equipment involved, which typically for night shots, there probably would be um, that may be a few extra minutes to get, you know, the lighting set up. Um, and then I, I would think generally 10 minutes would probably be enough of actual shooting time unless the couple wanted to move to multiple locations outside, which is sometimes the case. Um, you have some venues that, you know, you could get night shot downtown down the street over here, but over here things are lit up in a different color and that might make also a cool backdrop or, you know, so if they're, if they're moving around, you're going to be adding at least five minutes to 10 minutes per, you know, by the time you, walk over and set up again, get them posed again. Um, so it's, unfortunately, that's a really long way to say it depends. <laughs> and it's kind of like a 10 to 20 minutes there. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would honestly think that it would be rare for it to be less than 20 minutes unless the view is right outside the door. Because Gosh. if you're go getting in an elevator, bride's feet hurt, she's taking her shoes off, whatever, realistically, it's going to take at least five minutes to get outside the building and then to a spot and then at least five minutes afterward to get back up. Okay. So following into my next question, because uh, sometimes like at certain venues, the bridal party will want to leave the premise right after during cocktail hour to go to do a photo shoot somewhere. So obviously you have your drive time to and from the time of day and then of course how much time you're going to do these particular photos so um you're going to probably say it depends on that too which i would agree unfortunately but um maybe the, the key question is where and when what 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 do you think the question should be to the bride and groom besides the obvious you're going to leave where are you going to be where are you thinking kind of thing because i know that I always hear about timelines being pushed back. And I know it's because the question wasn't asked. Right. Where are you going to get the photos and all that fun stuff? I think part of the problem is, this is very generally speaking, but I think sometimes vendors are nervous 
to voice concerns to the couple. And so if the couple has, let's say they have 45 minutes from the end of the ceremony or one hour from the end of the ceremony into the time they're supposed to be introduced. Well, we know it's gonna take at least 10 minutes to maybe 15 to bustle address and line up um, and have the DJ you know, verify the, the name pronunciation, the order, all of that. So you really wanna be back there in 45 minutes. Then they've got family photos. Then they wanna take the bridal party offsite that may not be realistic based on, you know, depending on where they are and how many family formals um, combinations they want to do. Mm -hmm. But I think people sometimes are nervous to speak up and say, you don't have enough time. How can we adjust your timeline? Could we go offsite before the ceremony? Could we choose this other offsite location? Could we go outside the venue and simply walk around the corner to this other space that looks visually different from your ceremony space? Um, and I think that's something that as photographers or planners um, that really we should be doing and having that conversation before the wedding day, because um, there's nothing more stressful than going into a wedding day and knowing the timeline is not realistic because you're impacting everybody else. Mm -hmm. And once the hot food is ready, you don't want to make guests wait to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally agree. I want to ask you one question too, before we wrap up, um, you know, I love the idea of educating for us a little better on these traditional photos. Cause I can't stand a lot of traditions and I don't know why they do them all. I really don't. And they really don't get them printed, but what, how many do you think is the ideal amount of photo combinations? So if we were to advise our client, what do you think they should try to stay under or between? I think, yeah, you know, I think if, and, and of course it's going to be more if uh, parents are, are split up and have, you know, separate families. But again, I always go back to what would people really hang on the wall? You know, yeah. your, your mother is only probably going to hang a photo of either her entire extended family. If they, if, you know, this is a group that really wants every aunt and uncle or that immediate family, um, side. So probably 10 ish combinations. Okay. Um, and that's going to get each side's immediate family, you know, the couple, maybe all the parents in a group combo shot. Um, and then of course, some of those key guests, like those grandparents, where it's a really big deal that the grandparents have been able to travel to make it. But I always go back to what are you actually going to use? If this is a shot you're going to see in a gallery one time and not look at it again, it may not be worth the five minutes it takes to get everybody posed and get the shot. Yeah, I love it. So my anniversary was 25 years yesterday and we only did probably about five or six combination shots, but we made that picture of the entire wedding, like everybody, all the guests. And that was the one we put on our wall and everybody, you know, that it's everybody. There you got the shot of everybody. So I just say, get rid of all those, get the one shot of everybody at the wedding and be done with it. <laughs> Good luck on that one. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it has been super um, educated, educational. I think this time, this has been great. Emily, I'm making you the showcase person today. <laughs> um, but anything that you guys want to add to this, conversation before we wrap up that we could have missed no 
every time I ask that, we every every month we don't get it. Anyway, I think it's been great. So thanks so much for hanging with us today and learning. And you know, all of you wonderful wedding professionals are um, invited to come share your opinions and your thoughts with us every month. So if you're interested, make sure you get a hold of us. But thanks for being with us today, and we'll see you next month.